Hi, my name is Genesis, and we want to welcome you to Free Life Chapel, where we help you discover and live the free life in Christ. Listen, we want to get connected with you. Hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment below on your thoughts about today's message. To stay updated on current events and exciting things that are happening right here, feel free to visit our website at freelifechapel.org. Until then, we have an awesome message in store just for you. Check this out. Better shape up. Anybody hear that as a kid? Anybody growing up, you hear, you hear a parent say, you better shape up. What do they follow with? If you don't shape up, you're going to ship out. That's exactly right. I, I don't know where they're going to ship me to. I don't know where that was, but that, that's, I heard that all my life. So I, I was afraid of ships. Uh, it, it was horrible. It was kind of all that. Uh, when, when I, so y'all remember the song is from Greece? How you do not have a clue about the movie called Greece? You do not have a clue. You never heard? No, we're not recommending it, but I'm just saying it was an era. It was the, the John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John. Y'all remember that, right? How you do remember? Wave, wave your hand if you... I mean, See, some of y'all didn't raise your hand to say you don't remember that because you're trying to... Anyway, it was the stuff back then. In fact, it reminded me, we were putting all this together, uh, of, another, of another throwback that kind of stands out. Uh, this right here, y'all got this? That theme music. Just sway with me. That stuff right there, right? Now see, the problem, when you hear Charlie's Angels, some of y'all are thinking 2003 Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore and Lucy Liu. You understand. We're the 2003 Charlie's Angels people that you're like... Yeah, put your hand down because we're going back to the OG. We got to go to 1976 where we have Farrah Fawcett Majors and Kate Jackson and Jacqueline Smith. Hey! Where are my folks? Remember the original? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. That, see that music? Come on, it, it would catch your attention wherever it was, right? That, that music right there. So if, in case you don't know anything about Charlie's Angels, Charlie's Angels was, was like these three beautiful ladies, and they were detectives, and they always put their lives on the line for this guy named Charlie. Charlie would call in, hello, angels, and, and they would all be in an office, and Charlie would speak over, over a little intercom, and no one ever saw Charlie. No one ever got to meet Charlie. Who's Charlie? I don't know. There's a little guy named Bosley that ran around, and he kind of helped everything. But, but Charlie was the voice, and whatever Charlie said is what the angels did. By the way, angel means officially, actually, angel means messenger. So they were Charlie's messengers. Whatever Charlie wanted, that's what the angels did. They, they carried out the mission that Charlie gave them, and they put themselves in harm's way. It was crazy. They would throw karate chops and elbows and pull. And like they had all that kind of thing going on, and they brought the bad guys in. It was an amazing show, all that good stuff. But, but the angels were always doing the mission of Charlie. But they never met Charlie. But they were following what Charlie said. I just got a question for you. If they would do all that for Charlie, who they never saw, can't we also do the mission for Jesus, even though we've never seen him, but we know what he said? Could, could we not just follow through? I'm not saying Jesus' name is Charlie. I'm just saying we ought to be all just like, do something for Jesus. Turn to three folk and tell them, do something for Jesus. Just tell them, do, do something for Jesus. In fact, today, that's what I want to talk about. Today, I want to talk to you about the mission God gave you. The mission that is on your life. I can tell you exactly what your mission is in life. I can tell you that, and I'm going to tell you that. And that's to reach others with the hope of Jesus. 
You want to know what I'm supposed to be doing in life? I'm telling you right now what you're supposed to be doing. If you are a believer in Jesus, if you said yes to him, your mission, your mission, not just a, not your mission. I'm talking to you, you and me, your living room, your coffee. I'm talking to you. Your mission is to be sharing Jesus with other people. That's your mission. That's what the word says. Let me, let me ask you, who introduced you to Jesus? Who told you about Jesus? Some of y'all raised like I was. I didn't have an option. I mean, I, I, they grabbed me by the back of the neck and they drug me to church. And if you don't pray, you're going to hell. I mean, we, we were right. How y'all have that scar tissue? Y'all, y'all with me? Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. No, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for how I was raised. I'm grateful for how I was raised. Ray, Ray, you got your back here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm grateful for how I was raised. I love that. But how have you, like somebody told you about Jesus? Someone shared Jesus like, man, I, I need Jesus. Okay, I love that, love that. Yeah, I love this. Yes. Someone took a risk at inviting you to their church. I was raised Pentecostal. And to invite someone to church, it was kind of like a box of chocolates. You didn't know what was going to happen in the service that day, and you might have to explain yourself after church. Okay, they ran that way in the middle of that guy talking for this reason. And you try, you just really did. And I'm not mad. I love my heritage, love how I grew up, all that. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that somebody went public with you about their faith in Jesus so that they could impact you with the gospel. You are here because of the influence of somebody else. Somebody told you. Would you turn to someone and tell them? Somebody told you. Just go ahead and just tell them. Just admit it. Somebody told you. Matthew chapter 4 verse 19 speaks straight to this. And I want you to hear. Just, listen. Matthew 4 19. And he, this is speaking of Jesus. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That seems to be such a nice little verse that you highlight and go, oh, that's so good. Just highlight that. Amen. But, but it's very telling. There, there, there is something there that, that reveals and it identifies. It exposes me. Here's what the word is saying. Scott, if you are a follower of Jesus, then you are fishing for people. If you are a follower, then you are fishing. That, that's what that verse is saying. It's not just, well, one day. No, 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 no. Don't, don't get it twisted. If you're following, you're fishing. That means if I'm not fishing, I'm not following. It's a very telling verse that, that checks me. It makes me look at that and then ch check myself. In this series on Shape Up, we've been, as I said, we've been relating our faith to different shapes that are in our culture. In the circle, we talked about the covenant, the unbreakable covenant of salvation, how our salvation is secure because of Jesus. And then that was the circle. And then we talked about the triangle a couple weeks ago and that was on the, uh, last week, as a matter of fact, the three parts of man, body, soul, and spirit, how they work together so that we know God, we trust God, we serve God. Today, I want to talk to you about the square. Not living a square life, but, but, but the square, but, but, but the square. How, how does this four-sided shape actually relate to my life with Jesus, especially if we're going to talk about the mission that Jesus has for my life? The number four in the Bible has a meaning. You see it throughout the word, and, and for, for time's sake, I'm not going to go into all of it. I'll give you a picture. The, the, the number four actually means, stands for the world. 
this globe, this creation that we live in, it's, it's that. The, it's the number four, the four sides. It, it's, it's all of that. In fact, Isaiah 11 says that God is going to gather Israel from the four corners of the earth. He talks about that. He's, he kind of talks about the square, the four corners. But, but more particular, day number four of creation was when the entire world was fully created. The physical world was done on day four. Day five, we have animals. Day six, we have even beasts or humans. And then day seven, we actually get to the Sabbath. So by day four, all of the physical creation was done. So day four has to do with the earth. And God put the sun, the moon, the stars in the sky at that time. So physical creation was done at that time. That's why the number four, we have four directions in our world, north, south, east, west. That's why we have four seasons that we live by. In Florida, we have two. Uh, but, but typically, there's four seasons. There's four elements, earth, wind, and fire, and water. And then there's all, so we, we have, we have, all, we have, different fours all connected to our world here and so here's here's my here's my heart behind this every time you see the square every time you see the four sides together every time you see something square I want you to think about I'm on mission with my life there's a purpose and a plan for my life. Every time you eat a cheese it I pray that you think about the mission that God has for you. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Every, every time you pull a brownie out of the pan, brownies are not circles, brownies are not triangles, brownies are always square. And have you know the corners are the best part of the brownie. You got to get the corner, right? And so every time you eat a square brownie, I want you to be thinking. Every time you open an app and you look at that little app icon, I want you to be thinking about every time you see squares, you see those four, I want you to think I'm on mission. There's three parts to this mission. That God's word says you and I need to understand about it if we're going to engage it, lean into it, and God gives direction about it. He's not just leaving it up to us. He's very specific about it. In fact, so specific, he changes words in two verses that give specifically different nuances to a verse that sound, two verses that sound the exact same. He says, I'm going to flip it up on you. And we're going to look at that. I'm going to show you something about your Bible that maybe you've never seen before today. I love learning. The first part of our mission in reaching others is God says this, go everywhere. Okay, go everywhere. Go, e somebody shout everywhere. everywhere. Go everywhere with this mission. Here it is, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Y'all, I'm going to give you a clue. Everybody in the room reads the red stuff out loud, right? Yes, sir. And he, speaking of Jesus, and he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. That's exactly what the word says right there. Go into all of the what? All of the world. Okay, here we are. Back to our original opening creation, fourth day mission, our life, square, four corners. It's tying it all in. This is who we are. Go into all the world. But this word for world is an intentional word. Many of you are like, okay, I'm Polk County. It's a different world right here. You almost need a passport to get into Polk County by itself, right? I, I get that. Uh, but, but, man, okay, I'm not looking to go to South America, not, not hating on them, just not my call. I'm not going to Cambodia, not my call. Great people, just not my call. Just I'm enjoying this, and I want to stay here. Do, is this verse telling I'm supposed to be traveling the world, go everywhere, and tell is that what I'm supposed to do, live with a passport being stamped? And no, that's not what he's saying. You'll understand it more when you understand what this word for world actually is. It's a different word. This word for world actually means, it, it, it's cosmos, which means order or structure. So, so here's, here's what he's saying. Everywhere that you do life, 
that has an order or a structure to it. Take me there. When you go to work, work has an order to it. You show up at this time, you do this job, you leave at this time, here's what they pay you. There is a structure, there's an order. When you go to school, there is an order. When you go to the gym, there is an order. It's a cosmos. There are multiple worlds that we live in. We engage on a regular basis, day in and day out. You are in and out of multiple worlds. And God's word is saying, I want you to take me there. I want you to take me even to the world of your family. That's a fourth world country right there. But I want you to take me to the family. I, I, want you to, I want you to take me all the way into those places that you go. I want you to carry the mission into those places. And I see some of y'all are tripping right now because you upset for where you work. I can't believe God put me in a job like this. Oh, my God. And you are complaining about where you are. And you don't understand. God didn't put you there to fit in. God put you in that job to take over. He put you there because that place needs light. It's dark and it needs you. So that light in you is supposed to be shining and illuminate and change the atmosphere of that entire world of that, that you're in. You and I are to be carrying that light in there. You're to be ruining pity parties in that place. You're to be bringing joy and smiles and hope. Everyone complaining. Oh my God, I, 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 I. Oh man, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You, you, you change something because of what you carry in the place. You actually smile. Yes, you do. You carry this hope. There's something alive in you that you carry into that world. And I don't care where you are. If it's the restaurant world, if it's the vacation world, I like witnessing in the vacation world. If it's your favorite coffee spot, if it's an egg hunt, whatever that world is, whatever that cosmos, that order, that structure is, that's where we're supposed to be going and sharing Jesus. That's why I want you to understand, God's not asking you to go to a third world country. He just wants you to rep him on the third floor of your company. He wants to take you into places and let you be that light, let you be that joy, let you be that strength, let you be that hope and that joy and that strength and that life that people are dying for right now. Have you know our world is starving for someone who is actually alive? Oh yes we are. Someone who smiles, who has a hope that's not determined by the next newscast. But I decided already this is the day the Lord's made. I'm blessed in it. See, in order to do this, you have to change your mind about yourself. Oh, you're going to have to work on this. Because we have this system, this world set up here in church that can mess with your head. It's, it will make you think because you're sitting there listening and I'm up here talking that you're the unequipped and I'm the over-equipped. So it's all on me. But don't get it twisted, homie. That ain't how this thing rolls. Because we are all in this process together. I'm not the pro. I don't have this thing together. I'm still working it out. Tell three people he's got big issues. Just go ahead and just tell people he, he's got big issues. Yes, I own it right there. And I'm going right back at you. Now I want you to witness to the person beside you. And I've got even bigger issues. Just go ahead and tell somebody. Admit it. Admit it. Admit it. And you know you do. We all know you do. It's not about having it all together, so I need you to change your mind about yourself because you'll begin to think, I'm not able, I'm not, this is not me, I'm not equipped for it. No, 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 you don't understand. When you said yes to Jesus, that moment you were equipped. Yes, 
Because here's what it means to share Jesus, to carry him in those environments, is you're just ready to share the hope that Jesus gave you when you were hopeless. And when you met Jesus, you became hopeful. That's all you're sharing. You're sharing where I was before I met Jesus and who I am now. I was addicted, broke, busted, and disgusted. But now that I know Jesus, my mind's coming back together. Most of it is coming back together again. And I got a future and I got a joy. And God's restoring my home. We're in process. I can see the light. I'm moving forward in my life. I haven't quoted one scripture yet, but I'm telling you what he did for me. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. Ladies and gentlemen, share your story with somebody. Take it everywhere. Every environment you're in, take that message to people where they are. You're a minister of the gospel. You are the hope. You are repping Jesus. You're carrying him uh, into places that he has never been represented before. You are to walk in and change the atmosphere. When you show up, the party showed up. That's how it's supposed to be. I'm not saying we live on top of the world and it's all always good, but I'm always on mission. When I wake up, I'm on mission. Everywhere. If I'm at Walmart, I'm on mission. If I'm in the bank, I'm on mission. If I'm at Publix, I'm on mission. Wherever I am, I'm on mission looking for the opportunity to share hope with somebody. This is what the word says. We're to be living our lives this way. Go change the world. The worlds that you live in, the worlds that you engage in, rep Jesus everywhere. Then he goes in this. The second part of the mission is go for everyone. Go for everyone. Well, first of all, go everywhere. But now go for, go after everyone. Don't leave anybody. Stop overlooking people. Have you ever looked at someone and thought, man, they ain't never accept Jesus. I ain't talking to them. <laughs> Me too. No, they, they look too bad, big, too bad. They look too wealthy. They don't need Jesus. They got it all together. Have you seen all their followers? We, we, we begin to qualify who we think needs Jesus and who doesn't, who would accept him and who won't. And therefore, we stop. We don't actually share him with people because we have pre-qualified or disqualified people from hearing the message. Listen to what Matthew 28 says. This is powerful. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Read the red parts. Jesus came and told his disciples in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Watch this. Then he says, therefore, based on the fact that I have all power and all authority, that should equip you to now go tell somebody. Based on who I am, not who you are. Based on my authority, my power, my strength, my message. Based on me, now you go. And look what he says. He says, go and make. Could he not just said one of those words? Is that not redundant? Go Tell people or go make, uh, uh, make disciples. No, he says go and make because those are two different things. You've got to go before you make. That, that, that means we live our life on mission. I am going after people and after I go after and I begin to engage and share with somebody, then we actually reach the point where I see that they want to accept Jesus. Until I go, I have no reason to expect them to say yes to Jesus. Jesus. 
I, I have to be intentional about sharing my faith. I'm going to everyone. So we, we have to go intentionally. But, but I, want, I want to point one word out to you in this passage. The first passage we read, Jesus said, go into all the world, and that was cosmos or places. This passage, Jesus said, go to all nations. We think it's just a way to just say the same thing. No. Whole different ballgame. In the beginning, he says, go to all places. But when he says go to all nations, the word for nations here that he used is ethnos. I want you to go to all ethnicities. I don't just, we're not talking about places. We're not talking about structures, order, wherever you go. That's good. Take the message there. But when you get there, I want you to hit all people groups. Every people group, every culture, every nationality, every race, different creeds and ideas and beliefs, it's all good. I want you to engage all of them. It's amazing how we begin to overlook people and we walk around people who don't look like us, don't act like us, don't talk like us, don't dress like us. And we begin to just kind of walk our way weaving in and out of people. But Jesus says, Yo, excuse me, we're rescripting that whole thing. I want you to be open to engaging with everybody you meet. I don't care who they are, where they're from, what the background is, how much money they don't have. It does not matter. Engage them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why I love coming to Free Life Chapel, to be honest with you. Because when you look around, this place is full of ethnicities. Welcome to the nations. They, 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 that's who we are. Free Life International. Welcome. That's that. Amen. When you look around, you're probably sitting close to someone who doesn't kind of look like you in the room. In fact, let's just go here. Where are all the people who re relate with? I'm the brown people. Where are the brown people? Wave your hand. Brown people, wave your hand at me. Brown people. Okay, yeah, look for the brown people. That's all good. How about the black people? Any black people in the place? Black people. Oh, yeah, look at that. I love that. I love that. Any white people in the place? Yeah, white people. Good. We got white people. That's good. Any mocha people? Any mocha people? I'm just kind of in the mocha place any like vanilla lily white ghostly white people in the place you got that going on yes we, we got every shade every background that's why I love this place because I don't ever want to have a church that doesn't look like the mission of Jesus Christ he said everywhere to all people that's why his house ought to look like what the mission is supposed to be that's what we do I have pastors I have different ones that reach out to us because they, they've seen, they know the diversity inside this place. It's very unique. This doesn't happen in the nation, I'm sad to say. It's not, it's not the predominant look. It's just not, you don't have to look far in Lakeland. And I, I love everybody who's worshiping in Lakeland, but it's just unique what God has given us here, and I'm grateful. But they ask me, how do you reach other cultures? How do you get, we would love to have other cultures come. And, other, and I said, well, here, let me just kind of put this out. Don't preach to them until you've loved them. How about stopping and loving them before you try to get them to come to your church? How about loving them and meeting their needs right where they are? How about just stopping and listening? How about doing a kind deed? How about serving them? How, how, how about just reaching and caring and lifting something going on in their life with no ulterior motive? No ulterior motive. I'm here. The Jesus said, love God and love others as you love yourself. Just, I just want you to do a love fest. I want you to lean in. It's not about getting a bigger church. It's not about packing out the place for attendance. That's not it. That's a byproduct. First and foremost. Almost, we get to serve humanity with the love and hope and joy and peace. That's what we do. We listen to them. We care for them. We serve them. We love people because Jesus died for them. That's what we do. And God will have you talk to people and engage with folks that you never planned. I was at the gym on uh, Friday. And um, 
I, there's, there's this young lady in the gym, and I, I've seen her, like, for a couple of years, to be honest with you. And I'm not a dude that goes around talking to girls in the gym. I don't do that. I don't do that. I got all my boys, and I talk to my boys in the gym. I, I got the guy. But, but, but I, I, don't, I don't do that. I do, but sometimes the guys will introduce me to their, their girlfriends, and I've had the chance to do weddings for some people in the gym that were wanting to get married, and I'm, they now consider me their pastor, and so okay. And, and so it's just, it's, and, I, and I love that. The gym is my mission field. That's where I get to engage, right? And so, but, but this, I, while I, I'm working out, and I saw this, she was in another part of the gym, and uh, she's always, always seems to be kind. She's got a big smile, and she works out like a beast. And, and, and I felt this thing go off inside me on Friday. I hadn't felt it before. Go talk to her. Lord, I'm married to a Puerto Rican. Do you understand this? That. So I, I, just, I just ran past it. I ain't talking to her. <laughs> Anybody ever refused to do something you knew you were supposed to do? You just kind of, nope, not doing it. That was me. The pastor of the church? Oh, yeah, I got issues. I told you I got issues. This was a different voice. It was a different push. I knew it. But I overran it because ah, I'm trying to keep these boundaries. So I go to a different part of the gym. I'm, now, I'm doing, now I'm doing abs. I'm, doing, I'm just in the cardio area, and I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing. And when I walk in there, and I, I get on the floor, I'm getting ready to go. I get, I get done doing my first rep, and I look over, and there she is like seven feet away. And this alarm's going off inside of me. Talk to her. And this wasn't no talk like, hey. No, it wasn't that. This talk was like, there's something to this, Scott. There's something different about this, because I've never talked to her before. Okay. You're going to have to tell Cindy about this. I walked up and I said, hey, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. My name is Scott. I stuck my hand out, I shook her hand. My name is Scott. Uh, I hate to see people in the gym all the time that I see you working out all the time and I don't, I can't just say hello and I know you by your first name. So just, you got a great work ethic. You, you're always busting it. You're always kind. You always got a big smile. Just thanks for the joy and the energy you bring. My name is Scott. What's your name? She gave me her name. Like, it's great to meet you. It's, uh, she goes, Scott, Scott. She said, have, have you, are you involved in bodybuilding? <laughs> Oh, Dito. And, and I said, um, and I said, no, that's my son. My son has been involved in bodybuilding for years. That's it. She goes, okay, yeah, yeah, Scott, it just, you're, you're, it just kind of brings a bit like, like I just thought I knew, you know, Simone Scott and bodybuilding, and I thought it was kind of familiar. Like, no, 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 it's, it's all good. But listen, you just keep crushing it. Great to meet you. Look forward to talking to you soon. You know, it's all, she goes, yeah, yeah, just shout out, you know, in the gym. Said, cool. She told me, she got her husband and all that kind of thing. Anyway, so I, I get back to doing my workout. So I'm doing I'm doing my, my abs. Oh, and so anyway, I'm in the middle of a rep. I'm here, and then there's this person. And she goes, oh, my God, I know who you are. You, you know who I, are you with Free Life Chapel? Yeah. You're the pastor at Free Life Chapel. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I do. She goes, yeah, I, I know who you are. Your son is Caleb. Yeah. And the Bible goes, yes, 
that's why I thought you were involved because I've seen him post pictures of you on his IG. And when I saw you all together, that's why I thought you were, oh my God, I know you are. I've listened to the messages from Free Life. And I watch you all. I see what you all are doing on social media. Oh my God, I can't believe you talked to me today. And then she rambles on like this. She said, you don't understand. I just got, this is such a God moment. This is such a, and she's like got her hands going like this now. This is such a God moment. And I've never seen her do this. She works out hard, but I've never seen her this. She goes, you don't understand. My mom just called. She's coming down from New York for Easter. And she said, I'm bringing my Easter dress. Where are we going to church? And she goes, mom, we haven't really had a chance to find a church down here. You know, we're busy. They work for corporate America at home. She and her husband, great people, great job, all that kind of thing. But we just haven't really found a place. And I, and I told her, I said, oh, listen, girl, you, you got to go. Here, here's who Free Life is. And I I told her about the diversity that we get to. She happens to be an African-American girl. We have all this diversity in the room. And, and I, it's just like a big family. She goes, oh, you don't understand. I've been looking for a church. This is such a God moment. I'm so, oh my, I'm so glad you talked. I'm going to tell my mom that we got a place to go to church. So I'm pulling invite cards out. And I'm giving, oh, yes, 930. She said, I'm coming. I am coming. I'm coming to this church. I'm going to be coming. I'm like, okay, let's go, girl. Let's go. I was so pumped. Man, I'm doing my corner. I'm like, here we go. You know, sometimes when you accidentally walk in obedience to God, it's a pump on the inside. Whoa, I was ready to take on the world. I was a spiritual giant that moment at the gym. You never know what's going on in someone else's life. Because there was nothing about, she was a pretty girl, big smile, friendly with everybody. But never would you have thought that she was looking for a church. But Holy Spirit knew what was happening. And used dumb old me. He had to talk to me twice, slap me, and tell me he would take care of Cindy in order to actually engage this lady and actually make an offer and about, look, church, here's where we go, and, and for God to put the pieces together. And she said, I'm, I can't wait for her to be here so that I can actually one day introduce you to this young lady and her husband and what God did in connecting those pieces. You see, the Bible says in Colossians, Jesus in you is the hope of glory. Stop waiting on Jesus to reincarnate and go to them on this earth. He said, I saved you. I'm sending you. Go do it. If you don't do it, I'll walk around you. I might not have been his first choice for that young lady. Maybe I was fifth or sixth down the line. He was looking for someone who would say, yes, I don't ever want Jesus to have to walk around me to get his job done. When I feel that Twinge, when I feel that urge, I want to be responsive. Ladies and gentlemen, we are called to reach others for him. So number one, go everywhere. Number two, go to everyone. Number three, I love this one. Go extreme. Crazy. This is Bible. I'm going to give you Bible for this. Y'all ready? Amen. Here you go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Y'all read the red stuff. Ready? One, two, three. Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria. Here's what I want you to understand. I'm done with this. I'm, I'm finishing with this. Holy Spirit wants to embed and ingrain and work in your life not to make you weird. Holy Spirit is not weird. People can be, he's not. Don't label him as something that's spooky out there. No, stop it. He's not spooky natural. He is supernatural, but not spooky natural. 
but he wants to embed. And when you said yes to Jesus, he came into your life. Now he wants to work in you and give you a power to do what you can't do on your own. And the power of Holy Spirit, watch this, is not to act weird in church. Power of Holy Spirit is to witness. I will, power will come upon you and you will be witnesses. We don't, I never heard this talked about in church. Sure, we believe in a prayer language. Sure, there's the gifts that will operate. The Bible speaks of all that. We believe in that. But ladies and gentlemen, Holy Spirit's number one capacity is to reach others with the good news of Jesus. Holy Spirit wants to use you, empower you, make you bold and direct your timing and your words that when you step into a certain place because you are willing, he gives you ideas and thoughts and ability to connect like you couldn't have done on your own because it's not your power, it's his power working through you to reach somebody else. I was a failure at the gym. Holy Spirit got me through it. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know who she was. I just started and he led the conversation and then it began to come back and I knew what to say once she engaged. Ladies and gentlemen, there are people that you're working with that you're walking around thinking they would never have anything to do with Jesus and he's saying, I'm sending you to them. I'll empower you to go get them. That's what this is. But here's what the final phrase is. I'm going to send you, make you witnesses and go to the ends of the earth. That was the final phrase you read. To the ends of the earth. Do you know what to the ends of the earth means? It means to go crazy to the edge. Go to the ragged jagged edge of it all and I want you to walk that line out there reach to the place that nobody wants to go go after people that nobody wants to talk to go into places that everyone runs from I want you to go there to reach them here's the problem a lot of Christ followers want to just oh I don't know y'all come on he says I want you to walk right out there on the edge get out there what does it mean to get on the edge? Put your reputation on the line. Because that's what we're trying to protect after all. Well, if I talk to them, they're going to think I'm a, well, one of them. When I was growing up, it was a holy roller. Oh, they're going to think, oh, they're, they're, they're going to start, they're going to start watching everything I say, everything that I do. Yeah, they might. And that's when they say, oh, I heard you say something. You know what? I, I'm a Christian. I didn't say I was perfect. I accepted Christ because I'm imperfect. And I need a Savior who will take care of that. So thanks for pointing that out. You understand why I'm doing this thing called Jesus in my life. I need him. And by the way, you need him too. That's what we're doing. You don't have to be worried about somebody calling you out. No, you just remind him. And that's the very reason that I need Christ. That's why I'm a Christ follower, not perfect, but a Christ follower. I'm in process. I'm working this thing out. We have to live on the edge with our reputation. Put myself out there. What if I get rejected? Okay, they didn't reject you. They rejected Jesus. Not you. But make them reject him. Don't make it that they never heard anything about him. When I'm carrying the hope of glory and I never shared it with them. If I'm a fireman and I saw your house on fire and I kept driving and let your house burn, didn't tell you about it, there'd be something wrong with that. If I was an officer and I saw someone trying to break in the back door of your house and I just kept on driving as if it didn't matter, there'd be something drastically wrong with that. If I'm a Christ follower and I know somebody who doesn't know Jesus, there's something drastically out of order with me walking by and knowing they're on their way to hell. It's what we do. Friends don't let friends go to hell. 
We talk to them. We lean into them. We care for them. We love them. We're for them. We support them. We encourage them. We don't beat them. I'm not throwing a Bible at them. I'm not slapping folks with the Bible. That's called assault. You go to jail for that. I don't want ever, anybody ever to. But we walk in with love. And we walk in with a heart saying, I'm here for you. How can I help? We lean into folks. We go extreme. We get to the edge. The Bible says go to the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. That word compel literally means whatever it takes. Bribe them. Threaten them. Hog tie and drag. Get them to my presence. I want to change their life. God's word says go extreme. Walk on the radical edge to reach them. This is what fuels free life. We're not after the already convinced. If you love Jesus, I'm glad you do, but you're here on mission. You're not here to hang out. You're here. This is a big staff meeting this morning of believers and we're going to invade Lakeland here in just a few minutes and we're going to hit the restaurants and we're going to our schools and we're going to go into our workplaces and we're carrying hope into every environment to talk to everyone and I'm going to live on the edge. I don't care about my reputation. It's his reputation. We're going to lean in and do this, but we're going hard. This is what fuels free life. That's why we do things like sing goofy grease songs to start a service off. Well, I just don't like that stuff. Well, it wasn't for you then. Just hush your mouth. We'll get to something in a minute that you like. You don't like everything on the menu at every restaurant you go to either, but you keep on going back, don't you? And so you got to understand we're doing things for the unchurched, the dechurched, and the overchurched. Someone who doesn't know Jesus could care less about our worship, but they might think the grease thing was kind of goofy. What will they do next week? And if we can get them coming back and throw some hooks out there and keep pulling them in and say, we love you. You can be long before you believe. We care for you right where you are. Ladies and gentlemen, we can see a culture change with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to go to the edge. Yesterday, Flo and Charlie, they're part of our refresh team. They make sure that the restrooms are clean every week. How many of you are thankful for a place to sit down where it's clean? Yes. Flo and Charlie were in here. They, they had on their matching t-shirts yesterday in our leadership meeting for our egg hunt. And the t-shirt the said this. They were their camo t-shirts. It was a former series that we did back in the day at Free Life. It's called My Church is Dropping the F-Bomb. They were eating breakfast at a restaurant before coming to church. And the server walked up. She goes... What does your shirt say? And you got to know flow. My church is dropping the F-bomb. She went, oh my God, I love that. How many you know I heard a few different things from Christians as opposed to the non-believers who I love that because I drop F-bombs too. Well, these are different F-bombs we're talking about here. These, the F-bomb in the series was I've been forgiven. God is faithful. Now his favor is on my life. We were dropping F-bombs all over the place. That's what that series is all about. But that's what we were declaring. And people in our culture got it. We'll use titles. We'll use antics, whatever it takes to hook people and start a conversation. Sometimes the titles are not for you is to reach people say you know what that's kind of weird church that's the most unchurchy kind of church come on you can do the Jesus life let's go let's go let's go we're weird they're weird your world we're all weird together let's go that's how we roll on this ladies and gentlemen we gotta live bold and out loud everywhere everyone extreme stand to your feet come on So the square, every time you see a square, I'm living on mission. I'm going after everyone everywhere, and I'm going to do it with extreme boldness.
because of his power and his authority, I can do this for him. You see, this, this series, if you missed any part of the series, I want you to go back and listen to it. And this is why, because it encircles three things. This is intentional. Watch this. The circle of salvation is your promise from him. The triangle of know God, trust God, serve God is where you get your power in life. So it's the promise, it's the power, and the square of reaching the world is your purpose. It's your promise, your power, and your purpose. It's who we are. This is who you are. We just have to live this thing out now. Let's do this. Let's do this. You can do this. Your workplace tomorrow, when you walk in that place, I'm excited to hear what happens next Sunday. When you walk in there, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. God is good. When you walk in with a joy that fractures the atmosphere of heaviness, you can do this. Go to the edge. How many of you can think of one person right now that needs Jesus? One person. One person. Come on, I want you to, I, I, seriously, I want you to get a name. I want you to get a person, a name in mind right now. We're going to pray right now for them. I want you to call their name out. I don't want you to listen to me pray. I want you to call the name out. You in the balcony, everywhere. You watching online, all of us, I want you to call that name out as we pray right now that God will throw a hook in them and give opportunity for you to share your faith with them, hope in Jesus to them, and we'll see their life changed, especially in this upcoming month of April as we're getting into this Easter season. Let's pray for them right now. Jesus, thank you for the life change that you brought to all of us. We're here because of your grace and your mercy for us. We say thank you for accepting us and taking us just as we are, cleaning our lives up, giving us a new start. But you didn't save us so that we would keep this to ourselves. You saved us and changed us so that we'd be living examples and voices, testimonies and witnesses to those who need you. God, today I pray that you would use us in this culture. Use us with all people groups. Use us with folks that we know, folks that we don't know, and help us to go to the extreme, even to the point of our reputation, because we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You were the one that has changed everything about us. We lay it all on the line today. We pray for those friends. We pray for those that we know need you. We pray right now for those men and women in our lives that we know are far from you. We want to see them come close to you. So today, God, I pray that you would open doors, begin to orchestrate orchestrate this week, orchestrate next week, orchestrate the opportunity to invite them to Easter. I pray God that that door would open, that opportunity would happen, and we would see life change happen in these people's lives. We call, we mark them for salvation in the month of April. I mark them for salvation in the month of April. I mark them right now. I pray that, 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 that heaven would look down and mark their life and just target them with angels and hope and joy and conversations in life that would help to increase, elevate, and move them closer to you God today use us as your agents your voices to see life change we decree it today in Jesus name and Lord I pray boldness on every man woman boy and girl listening to me that we will not hold back but we'll step boldly into those opportunities the way I struggled this past week God thank you for coming back and Holy Spirit continuing to work with me for that moment that turned out to be a God moment I pray that you would do this with us throughout this week and throughout the next couple of weeks that you would prompt us that we would take a step and watch you fill us full with the power and the confidence and the boldness to speak those things that will bring life and hope to those that we know and love use us for your glory in Jesus name Amen. Amen. If you agree with that, would you put your hands together in this room?